Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Uh, Clint here. Um, Justin should be joining us here soon. I hope. I know that he won't want to miss this. I have an interview today that is going to hopefully really open a lot of eyes on just how timeless proper vocal crafting is. Um, basically, the the brainchild behind multi-platinum, worldwide phenomenon, Color Me Bad, is right here with me. Mr. Color, how are we doing, sir? I'm, I'm doing fine. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, man. Thank you for joining. Um, I noticed uh, when I was going through looking at, um, you know, some stuff that I wasn't as familiar with of yours, uh, your cover of Faith is definitely better than Fred Durst. Um, your... Uh, <laughs> You've got a lot of range. I didn't even realize it. I was listening to your newer stuff. One of the newer songs there, it sounds like you just fell out of a honky-tonk. And um, <laughs> it's damn good. Um, oh, and uh, the um, I, I tell you, there's something else that I like. I don't, I don't know if it was the production value, um, you know, in it. Or, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, that's why I have you here to talk about the writing uh, process. But... Um, I feel like you took, and some of your newer stuff, I mean, there's only three songs, dude. Like, you're really killing us. Like, where's the album? Seriously. But you've got, um, it's, it's like you capitalized on what Jordan Knight tried to do with a self-titled album, but didn't quite get there with, and really kind of crafted and made that sound more whole and palatable and less kind of st- staccatic and anxiety-inducing and, you know, really brought in some smoothness to it. So I'm a big fan of all three of those tracks. Thank you. Yeah, man, I had a, <clears throat> I had a lot of fun uh, creating all that music. Um, <clears throat> the first song um, that you're you're talking about is a song called "It's Like Good Sex," and uh, uh, I was basically just capitalizing on maybe some of the success that that uh, I w- uh, I want to set you up had back in the day, but also kind of giving it a, uh, like an up to date kind of sound. Um, I really like the Latin kind of um, I <clears throat> that you can kind of hear in it, um, and the little guitar in the back. Summer life. Yeah, yeah, got a good, got a couple guitars in the back and such. Um, and then also, I you know I've recently done this uh, Cookies and Cream song that has a completely totally different twist than anything that you know we've ever done before. Um, 
So, you know, it has that a, a country vibe to it. And uh, I had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, something I've never done before. And, um, you know, I just made the most of it with my buddy Todd Nystrom. We just got together. We felt like, you know, it's time to do something different. And, um, you know, why not do a do a kind of, we, we have like a country song, but we put like a, a twist to it, like a, uh, like a, a, a 90s uh, hip hop, you know, uh, vibe. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Country. Yeah, with this country thing. And, and it, it, it worked, man. It's, it's, it's crazy how, how something, stuff like that happens. But, uh, I, but yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it, it, yeah. Man, I tell you, it's, it's just cool. It's cool to hear new stuff from you. Um, I really hope that you do more. Um, like I was saying, Cookies and Cream Song is a prime example. Your range, man. Like, God, like, there are a lot of people who have great voices but kind of stay in their wheelhouse. And, you know, once they get out of a certain octave set or a certain, you know, drawl or twang, you know, they kind of start to sound not as awesome. But, I mean, <laughs> you're you're pulling it off. It's it, it's great. Um, well, thanks, I, I really appreciate that. I wanted to start with that since it's new, but you know, let's, let's go back in time here. Um, let's go back to Oklahoma. Let's go back to you figuring out that you, like, where did you learn to sing? When did it first catch on with you? Um, I think it was um, me as a young child in the car with my dad who loved listening to Frank Sinatra. And um, I think it started there with like uh and here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. I thought, you know, something right, right around there, that era. And um, I was, um, I was really young, of course. And my dad told me about the Beatles, and uh, you know, and I started loving. That was my first single I ever bought was "Love Me Do," you know, by the Beatles. Okay. Um, and then I became a really big fan of Kiss, and okay. I loved of Kiss. You said that Kiss did. Yeah, Kiss, uh, the rock band Kiss. Right, right, right. The paint and everything. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. And, I don't hear and, that in your music know, at all. That's awesome. No, no, <laughs> no, no, you don't. But, but it's it's the things that like inspired me. And so, you know, Kiss. The cool thing about Kiss is they put they used to put out these uh, live albums. You know, like Kiss comes alive, and you know it's 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 an album of. Um, of their concert live, you know, and that's what they did back in the, you know, late seventies, whatever. Um, uh, but they used to put out these albums that had a live version and you could hear the crowd screaming in the audience, you know, and, um, you know, you turn that record on as a child and you hear the crowd and you can just uh, picture yourself being kissed and singing those songs and pretending that that's you up there. And you can hear the crowd behind you. <laughs> and uh, that's, you know, I love music. I love Kiss. I love hearing the crowd. And that's what I what I wanted. So um, it kind of started right there and then. And then slowly as, as, as life went on, you know, I got more into the R&B thing. I, my sister brought home uh, a Sugar Hill Gang album. And <laughs> uh, right. Rick James. Yeah, Rick James. And... Um, you know, I started getting into that. So, um, you know, and then the Jackson Five, which blew me away completely. And then, uh, boom, you know, you know Jackson Five. I fell in love with R&B. 
when yeah. you hear so. when you hear I want you back and realize how young he is and how much soul is in his voice, it is unbelievable to me. It's, um, it's kind of scary, actually. It's actually scary how great he was as a child. It's 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 mm-hmm. really unbelievable. It's, it's it is. you know you got to watch those videos on YouTube and just be kind of blown away by it. You know what I mean? Really? Absolutely. I mean, like, how is this There's little a- kid? How how in the hell is this little kid singing like that? You know, I don't know. Another great example. Thing like that. Um, one of my favorite tracks of all time is "I Was Made a Lover" by Stevie Wonder. And when he cut that, he was 15. And there's so much feeling and emotion in that song. And when I figured out that he was 15 years old when he cut that, I was like, "Hmm, that's cool." I um, I'm pretty sure I had like a uh, chili bowl when I was 15. So I mean, it's relatable. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um. Yeah. Okay, so in in your music, like I gotta ask this. All right, so I um I'm a self-proclaimed musical savant. You can ask anybody who knows me. That doesn't mean I actually am. Um, but when I hear your music, I hear gospel harmonies. I hear barbershop. I hear doo wop. I hear that like '70s vibrato and unison. I mean, am I inaccurate in that? And if it's true, where no, did it come no, from? No, you're totally. You're totally right about all that, man. Um, man, you know, it's kind of one of those things, you know, we all love the R&B. We all love singing that harmony, doo-wop style. Um, we love that blues sound, gospel-y feel. Um, you know, we just take little stuff here and there and it's kind of, you know, kind of, you know, make it one. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's nothing we planned out. It just happened. You know, it's like, it's like, I don't know, how in the hell did the, did the, did the Detroit Pistons uh, uh, back in the 90s beat the Los Angeles Lakers when the Lakers had an all-star team with uh, Gary, Payton, uh, Gary Payton, the mailman, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille. How in the hell? Hmm. I, I don't know. It's chemistry. Chemistry. And Rasheed, Rasheed Wallace was just that angry. That's all it was. <laughs> Rasheed Wallace, right. How in the hell did they beat the Lakers? I don't know, but it's 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 the chemistry that the Pistons had, you know, that beat the Lakers, you know, when it shouldn't have happened that way. But you know, it's something you don't put together; it just happens. And and so well, I don't know. I can't tell you, you know. How, there has to be some construction there. It, but there has to be some construction well, there. Gonna, like I, I noticed, like in a, a great example in Iador Mia Moore, like. You know, like I was telling you, I deconstructed all of your music this week, like with these apps, because I'm just that cool. You know, like that's what I do. I'm super cool. Um, but like um, everybody else is probably out with their friends and I've got like my beats on in like a dark room at three in the morning. <laughs> but like uh, when I pulled them apart, I noticed these little bitty nuances where you don't pull in the full four part harmony until you get to the I adore part everything up to it like builds slowly it's like one voice two voice three voice with like a little dissonance in it and then you get to the big explosion like i know that you're behind that like how do you craft this stuff wow hello you there mark Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. All right, cool. I'll edit that out. Don't worry. Okay. Right, how do you craft so, that? Stuff? So, 
Well, you know, I mean, it's something like, I can't, you know, you know, when we were in high school, that's all we did was just sing. Mm-hmm. The time school, it's time and even after school, even on the, even on the weekends, that's all we did was just sing, sing, sing. We used to, you know, get talent shows and, you know, just try to, just try to possibly um, get to. And, um, but as far as I adore me and more goes, I, uh, you know, it was the stuff written. Um, uh, it's funny how that song came about because uh, um, um, we met Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis in New York. Uh, we were we were there in New York just trying to get a record deal, and we went up and we sang for Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, hoping that they would you know sign us or help us out, you know, try to put a record out. And they basically said, you guys sound great, but you guys need to come out with a song that's half English and half Spanish. And uh, really? that's kind of what we did. We, we, yeah, we went back to Oklahoma City, and we got with the guy named Hamza Lee, and we wrote I Adore Me and More. And uh, so, you know, the dream on, dream away, I think I'm going to have to say, you know, that whole part. Um, and then into I Adore Me and More, you know, uh, it's just a buildup, you know, that's how we, you know, created that part. It's just a buildup, you know. Um, but uh, um, that was one of the, that was actually our first number one hit. People don't believe us, but I Want to Sex You Up did not go number one for us. Um, yeah. It was I, number it one on the arm. Yeah, it peaked at number two for a long time. Mm-hmm. But uh, it went, it went number one in the UK. It went number one everywhere else in the world. It, it even went number one on the R&B charts uh, here in the U.S., but it did not go uh, Billboard number one. And um, um, but uh, I want to set you up was still to this day here in the states is is our biggest song. But around the world, All for Love seemed to be the biggest one that everyone really knows around the world. You know, uh, which that song funny. right there, buddy. <laughs> that song right there. So in college. Uh, I changed majors, like, I don't know, north of 140 times. And for a while there, I was a film major. And um, we had, are you there? Okay, cool. Uh, we had a, um, a music video project, right? We had to shoot a music video. And you're still there, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. All right. Um, my music video project, I took um, All for Love. And I filmed it all in one take of me walking around Baylor's campus with various people popping out and like bizarre situations happening. Um, and I, I mean, I love that song. I had no idea how much I loved that song until I pulled the backtrack out of it and just listened to the vocals. Um, I heard that song for the first time with just vocals two days ago. I literally sent like my finished product to no less than a hundred people probably people probably didn't even know what number it was uh, i was just like you've got to hear this um it sounds like you wrote the song in a subway tunnel like it it sounds like you could have been singing it around a fire pit um or at like a high school like a stock hop like it's it, to me what you wrote there though those harmonies the construction of that song is timeless brother like how did that come together uh it started with the trap that uh howie t came out, came up with, uh, a lot of people, um, may not recognize the name, but, uh, he was the one that was behind all the, 
you know, uh, uh, hip hop tracks of um, like uh, the real Roxanne, 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 uh, 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 Curtis Blow uh, playing basketball, uh, Chub Rock. He did a lot of those old um, uh, rap hits. Uh, but he presented this track to us, and um, we thought it was right up our alley when we heard it, and we just started writing to it. Um, you know, if you know, we were a hip hop, doo-wop hip hop group, and and we wanted that sound, that harmony sound, to come in, and uh, so we brought the doo-wop, and how we keep brought the hip hop to it. You know, when we came together, it just it just created that song. You know, we wanted something that had a happy feel uh, to it. Um, the, the the verses, when I came up with the the melody for the verses, I completely was thinking you know, a Prince. I don't know why. I was thinking of Prince. What would Prince do with this track? And uh, so I kind of started going down that Princey vibe, like like Kiss or something. And um, and it didn't come out that way, but it came out good, I guess, because it, 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 it was a big song for us. Uh, but uh, Don't, under, don't uh, undersell that, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. <laughs> I've heard that song 300,000 times in my life. They did not undersell that. That would break my heart. Uh, um, man, but even uh, I mean, like you talk about the the doo wop vibe in it, like it's there, but the mm, like the the deep voice in the back, like there, the soul of doo wop lives so hard in that song, man. Oh, totally, totally, totally. Because some of the samples were from doo wop groups, you know. Um, also, um, um. You know, we we wrote that song, man. I swear to you, we wrote that song in like fifteen, twenty minutes, and and I think we recorded it within like two hours. It wasn't long. I mean, it was just boom, boom, bam, and that was it. You know, it was nothing we sat and thought about. We just laid it down, and it worked. You know, I it that song you you said, you know, like a pure happy song. That is yeah. Um, in my life, like a bit of a fanboy here, like I'm gonna have to get over this, but like, uh, I can't tell you how many times I've just been having the worst day, like the worst week, all that other stuff. And you put that song on and you just want to like hop up, skip around because you've got the little like high, like piano harpsichord type synth that just, it makes you feel like the ice cream truck's coming and you've got like these amazing vocals with it. And something that you do really well, like I tell everyone that the best songs are the ones that build momentum throughout and at the end of it it's so good that you have to hear it again and yeah all three of the songs that you've talked about from that album thus far and we haven't even gotten to like my like heartbreaker um which is by the way some of the most impressive harmonies you've ever laid down and they're kind of muddied up by uh but my god man i sent it to my dad last night at about midnight um that poor man was probably like, what in the world are you doing? Yeah, it's calling me bad. I get it. Um, but because um, his harmonies, like I finally heard him when it was deconstructed. Like you just have a gift and the momentum building, like your songs at the end of it, I want to hit repeat. And to me, that's what makes a great song. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, that song, Heartbreak, is... Um, we did that song. <laughs> I'm trying to think of. Did we do that with Howie T? I think. We do that, I think we did that with Howie T. Heartbreak. Money taken. Yeah. 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 We did that with Howie T. Yeah. No, that was another one with Howie T. You know, he he brought this. He brought the track, 
to us and um and uh I don't, it didn't take us long to record that song either you know it's funny because when i want to sex you up took off you know because you know everybody now wants to claim that they're the ones who you know got us the song sex you up and you know we they want all the glory and fame but that's not it man um you know, uh, we heard the song, I Want to Sex You Up, and we knew that it was us. Um, and when we recorded it, we, no one had any idea the song was going to be great. But when the song took off, it was immediate, immediately the record company said, okay, we need an album in two weeks. So that's hmm. why everything was just like rush, rush, because we had this big hit that no one knew we had, and uh, they wanted to capitalize on it. So we had to get... The, prod, the, the product out there. And so we had to hurry up and write like seven, seven, seven more songs. But know? some of those other songs and are amazing. Like, I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about like Roll the Dice, Slow Motion. Like, some of the. Yeah, Roll the Dice. Roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roll the Dice was with Nick Mundy. Actually, I just spoke to Nick Mundy uh, uh, the other day, which was great to hear from him, you know. Uh, but yeah, Roll the Dice. You still there? Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Roll the Dice is a great song. Uh, we did that, and that was one of the songs that we had to hurry up and finish. And and and, and because we're like, okay, we can come out and eat that, you know. And uh, Roll the Dice has a feel for me. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, you broke up a little there. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to speak over you. Um, Roll the Dice for me has like a what I, and I'm not knocking this man at all, but like the My Prerogative album, I felt like while it was good, was missing something. Like, I, you know, I, I wouldn't put that, you know, near the top of my list from that time period. And Roll the Dice, to me, sounds like the perfected version of what should have been on the My Prerogative album. Oh, yeah. Sure. No, I mean, um, that was, it was a great song. Another great song. Nick Monday, he, he, um, he's a great songwriter. And, um, you know, he, he wrote a lot of great songs. Um, I don't know if you remember that song that talked to me by Chico DeBarge. He wrote that one. He wrote yeah, a couple other big hits. You know, but uh yeah, man, every, everything it was it was kinda like something that was just happening, man. You were just kinda just taking you're just taking the ride, you know. Just taking the ride, you know, riding the wave as they say and, and, and just trying to make the most of it. No one knew that it was gonna be a big album that it did. No one knew it was gonna sell twelve million copies. No one knew that um, you know, um it was we were gonna win, you know. Uh, an American Music Award and, and be nominated for two Grammys and no one knew any of that. So, but um, also we were happy from my that, that it worked I, out. I tore through a bunch of records, brother. Y'all, I believe that you were one of only the two people. And the other man was on stage with you uh, to be a Caucasian and win a Soul Train Music Award. I could not find another one. I looked through every award show that I mean every year of it, and when you won that. There was a lot of beef that um, Whitney Houston was too affluent to win a Soul Train Music Award. But y'all came through and delivered a sound um, in that album. Um, and I, I want to ask you about this before I get into it. So when I hear that album now, I hear a very healthy mix of both 50s doo-wop and 60s Motown with um, the... Freeze, you know, BBD um, type crunch and vibe, the 808s and such. Um, 
but like I mean that's what I hear with these you know oddly placed but perfectly balanced gospel harmonies which makes me laugh because I want to sex you up has multiple layers of gospel harmonies in them um especially since I had to hide that CD uh but I mean am I wrong in any of that is that kind of what we're going for um, you know, I mean, we had those elements. We had the the gospel elements. Uh, you remember that old movie by that Ralph Macchio was in called Crossroads, where he was playing yes. the old blues. Yeah, plays the guitar. Uh-huh. Right. Uh huh. Yeah, there's a scene in there, in that movie, where these guys are singing this song called Hush, and it's a very bluesy old gospel song, and it, the harmonies are very amazing. And uh, that was one of the things that we did. We learned that song. And uh, we used to, you know, blow people away with that song. Man, we'd win, we'd win all kinds of talent shows. and <laughs> We would get a lot out of that show. We, we, were able, we would be able to go through the McDonald's drive-thru with no money, <laughs> sing the song Hush while we're in the drive-thru, and get all of our food for free. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> that is amazing. Wait, wait, wait. Since you're talking about that, since you're going back to then, tell me how you got Bon Jovi to bite on you. Oh, uh, Bon Jovi. Okay, well, uh, what happened was, I can't remember uh, what night it was or anything like that, but um, we knew that Bon Jovi was coming into town. Um, we had no uh, no uh, thought of, of trying to meet those guys because you know, they were rockers. You know, we weren't, we weren't rock and rollers. We were, uh, you know, we were more R&B and doo-wop style. So, you know, we, you know, what rockers don't want to have nothing to do with us. But um, uh, the fellas, uh, Brian and Sam, were over at my house that this night. And uh, Kevin, who was working at a movie theater in the mall, um, he had uh, he's seen that there was these five guys that came in with Bon Jovi jackets on. They had long hair and they had on the, the, the tour jackets and uh, Kevin, you know, he was um, he was working the ticket at the movie theater and um, uh, he called us up. He said, hey, hey guys, uh, I think I think Bon Jovi's here at, at, at our movie theater. You're like, what? <laughs> I, I said, man, don't you know what John Bon Jovi looks like, Kevin? I don't know what Bon Jovi, bon Jovi, uh, John bon Jovi looks like. I just see like these five guys with long hair walking into the movie theater. I was like, okay, man, we're coming up there. So, um, you know, we Did go Did they ride there. on a steel horse? That's the question. <laughs> well, they had some, they had, they had, they, had uh, they all had a, uh, these hot chicks with them. I'll tell you that much. That's a beautiful woman <laughs> with them. But, uh, but, um, uh, John had this beautiful blonde, uh, you know, and, um, um, you know, as they were walking out of the movie theater, we just caught their attention and we said, Hey guys, could, you know, could we just sing you a song, you know, real quick. And, um, they were like, man, we're tired. You know, can you give us your demo tape? And, you know, we're, we're headed back to the hotel. Hey man, we just, we just need like 60 seconds of your time. Is that cool? All right, guys, let me hear what you guys got. And, uh, that's, you know, we're talking there to John and he was like, all right, let's, you know, let's hear what you guys have. So we just start singing and, totally just blow John away. They're like, whoa, what is this? And uh, What did you sing? We sang uh, Daddy's Home. You know, Jackson okay. 5, oh, Daddy's I'll... Home. And 
Uh-huh. And um, he was blown away by it. And he was like, man, you guys, you guys sound amazing. How, how would you guys like to open up tomorrow night's concert in front of 20,000 people? And we were like, wow. I was like, are you serious? You know, so... You know, All we, right, uh, time out, time out. Before we continue, what's the, what's the most amount of people you have played in front of before this moment? <laughs> I don't know, a talent show? Maybe, I don't know, 150 people? Amazing. <laughs> oh, it's like winning the lottery. All right, go on, go on. <laughs> yeah, like winning the lottery. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, so, so uh, John Bon Jovi and John and Richie wanted us to meet them at their hotel that next afternoon. And we went up to the hotel. Um, we were talking to them a little bit. They wanted, believe it or not, they wanted to uh, work with us. And they wanted to connect us with Prince. They wanted Prince to write us uh, songs. And, of course, you know, we were like, off for that. You know, okay, yeah, hey, we'll work with Prince. Um, yeah, why but, not? Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> exactly. Why not? Yeah, I guess we'll work with Prince. Yeah, why not? Uh, but he was <laughs> like, all right, guys, uh, tonight you guys are going to open up the show. And uh, it was the Slippery When Wet tour. It was like their biggest tour mm-hmm. they ever had. Um, and, um, you know, we get there. We're there at the concert. We don't see John or Richie anywhere. But, um, you know, the lights go out. The crowd goes bananas. Of course, sold out sold out concert and um the dj the local dj there from oklahoma city was you know on the mic you guys oklahoma city are you ready for bon jovi you know and of course people go bananas they uh, the crowd's going crazy and then um but first he said but first we have a local group <laughs> from oklahoma city <laughs> so the crowd got, <laughs> so the crowd kind of oh like, oh, you know, like, like, uh, you know, like everybody gets oh, No, 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 it's like, it's like you're this Brazilian steakhouse and you're waiting for the meat to come around and they bring you the rolls. Oh, man. <laughs> um, um, okay, was your name color me bad at that point or no? No, uh-uh. we, were, we, were, we were called Take One at that time. That's what we were called. We went by Take One. And, uh, yeah, so he's like, y'all ready for Bon Jovi? The crowd goes crazy. But first, we have a local group. <laughs> and uh, we get up there. We're four guys. You know, we don't look like rockers. We come up with our suits on, you know, suit and ties. And uh, there's two microphones there for us on stage. We're in front of 20,000 people. You know, 20,000 rockers, and we're in suits. And, uh, you know, like we're going to church. Were you scared? Uh, hell yeah, we were scared. Yeah, we we were freaking out. Um, But we got up there and we started singing, and everybody loved it. The crowd went crazy, man. The crowd loved everything we sang, and uh, we felt really good. And and our and the last song that we sang, uh, you know, we said good night. We waved to the crowd. Thanks for having us, Oklahoma City. You know, local group here, and the lights come on and. Then all of a sudden, the crowd just goes berserk. They go bananas because John and Richie comes walking up on stage, giving us high fives and hugs. And it's like, wow. It's like, man, the, the people at school tomorrow is going to, you know, I might get a date this weekend. That's what I was thinking. I might get a date. <laughs> <laughs> I might be able to go see Kevin at the movie theater. Um, I, 
Man, that is you such know, a cool but, story. Um, like, to go from yeah. playing a talent show to in front of Bon Jovi. And, dude, okay, do not undersell the fact that you won over with your doo-wop sound. You won over a poser hard rock group crowd. Um, and I'm not knocking Bon Jovi at all, but that's yeah. what their crowd was. Um, oh, yeah. But, like, you, you won that over. Dude, that's, that's crazy. You don't see stuff like that very often. No, it just shows you, man, you know, regardless of what genre of music you're in or whatever, when something is really legitimate and it's real, the sound is real and it's good, people will accept it. People appreciate great music, great sounds, you know, no matter what genre, you you know, you like or or, or, or listen to. You know, if it's amazing, then people are going to love it. People are going to appreciate it. Uh, And that's what happened that night. So, um, yeah, that's man, a cool but, um, story. So what happens? What goes from there? All right, you walk off stage. Maybe you get the date the weekend. We walk off stage. Uh, we walk off stage. I think I get a date that weekend. Finally. Um, change your name to Marky Mark just for a little bit. No, you know. So, but we never heard back from John Bon Jovi after that night until until the night of the. Of the uh, uh, of the MTV Music Awards, and he came and had dinner with us actually that night. But um, um, uh, the group that really took us under their wings was Cool in the Gang, and um, Cool in the Gang they had uh, this campaign that was going on. Uh, it's cool to stay in school, you know. That was mm-hmm. a campaign that they had, and um, we um, we actually skipped school. To make it to that party, so we actually uh, uh, <laughs> irony. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We skipped school. Yeah, we skipped school to make it to the. It's cool to stay in school uh, party. Hilarious. And that, and that party was for that party was for all the kids that have perfect attendance in school, and we did school to make it to that party. So oh my God, uh, your name that in. day was color. Color me ironic. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we we skipped school and we got into the party. We got in line to get an autograph. Uh, we didn't get an autograph. We just started singing when it was our turn. Um, and then that's whenever we met our manager at Del Bayen. And uh, basically that's when Cool and the Gang, you know, two years later, you know, they brought us to New York and they took us under their wings and. You know, that's, that's how everything kind of started for us. That's when everything really got going. And that probably brought in some of that 70s, like um, like I brought up earlier, like how I, I sense and hear a lot of the, like, the the vibrato in unison, you know, but in like a 1-7. And that has to come from Cool in the Gang, right? That's got to be some of the influence in that? We're big, we're big Cool in the Gang fans growing up, too. We love Cool in the Gang. That was like, man, I mean, I, I would go see them in concert every time they would, they would come and uh you know when the choreography the showmanship uh, a lot of that came from new edition and we were big fans of new edition we went to see their concerts and um we were blown away by their choreography uh, we loved everything that they did and now man i mean now we do shows with those guys a lot so it's great to see those guys and you know doing shows with our heroes it's pretty cool Oh, man. Um, Can You Stay in the Rain is one of my... I know that's probably cliche to say, but that is, like, one of my favorite songs. Like, uh, I have actually... 
somehow managed to pull off every failed relationship making it our song and them thinking it was unique to them. So, like, um, <laughs> props for acting right there. Um, okay, so you get there, you're with Cool and the Gang, you're moving on. So I, they're helping you, obviously. Is there at any moment on the rise to the top that you, like, face adversity? Or, I mean, is it just all up, up, up? Oh, oh no, man. We face adversity, you know. Every 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 record label in New York turned us down. Everybody. And let me tell you why they turned us down. Because they did not know how to market the group. They saw a white guy, a Hispanic guy, a black guy, an Indian. They saw four different race, uh, 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 different um, different cultures in one group, and they were like, "Now wait, how do we market this? We can't market this group." And uh, so a lot of the record labels passed on us. And it was uh, Irvin Azoff, uh, Giant Records, who actually signed us uh, with Cassandra Mills. And, um, you know, that's, 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 they gave us the shot. They loved Cassandra, loved the sound. And she believed in it. And she liked the look of the group. And, you know, she went for it. She signed us. And at that time, they were hosting um, the soundtrack, New Jack City. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how we got on, you know, with that that soundtrack was because uh, Giant Records was hosting hosting the soundtrack, and uh, they said, "All right, guys, you guys are gonna, you know, you guys are gonna be on the soundtrack, so we need to find you guys a, a good song for it." And you know, oh that's how gosh. we found uh, "I Want to Set You Up." Uh-huh. <sighs> color me bra- color me bad, Nino Brown together. Um, that's, 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 <laughs> yeah. That's so cool, though. I mean, like, to go from where you are to the next thing, you're landing on, like, a major soundtrack. Um, and a soundtrack, in my opinion, is a very underrated album when done properly. Um, a lot of people just kind of, like, skirt on them, pass on them, whatever. Um, and, then, I mean, everybody, I guess, ace in the hole is like, well, the Forrest Gump soundtrack. Um, but, um, like, The Crow, I don't like remember that soundtrack. That made me a rock fan that that thing so um mm-hmm. the new jack city soundtrack i mean that's absolutely correct every time i think of that movie i think of y'all yeah yeah that was um that was a big big time for us and um that i want to set you up like i said it, it just took over man you know God, they had to pull the single out of the stores they had to pull the single off the shelf because no one was buying the whole album they were only buying the single, I Want to Sex You Up. And um, so um, they took they took the singles off the shelves. The cover-to-cover, cover, cover CMB, in my opinion, plays better than any of your competition in that era. Um, like that album, uh, from cover to cover. I, um, you know, like Shy or... Um, Jodeci, um there was a lot of great vocal groups back then, but there was something y'all caught some oh, magic yeah. in there, and it's it's funny that you said that you wrote like a majority of that album like you know while you were eating lunch. <laughs> I kind of yeah. I, know, I think it kind of breaks my heart. I, I've spent more time analyzing it than you spent writing it. So. <laughs> um, okay, so we we hit that. So the next album comes out now. Um, y'all move on to the second album. And I actually like the second album a lot. I don't see, like, lots of people, like, really bring it up and, like, talk about it. But a couple of my favorite songs are on that album. Like, um, 
Wildflower, I love that song, man. Um, I think that's yeah, fantastic. Um, and then, um, I don't know if you wrote it or not, but if you did, like, major kudos to Close to Heaven, because that was, like, my mom's favorite song, y'all. Yeah, Close to Heaven's an amazing song. That, uh, um, that was a song that Brian had started, and um, he presented it, you know, to the group, and I uh, helped with the bridge. Uh, I got my sister to write some of the Spanish lyrics in it. Uh, then, you know, you add a, you take a great song like that and then you, uh, you, uh, add like the most greatest producer ever lived, David Foster, and let him produce it. Man, it's just magic. It's just all magic, you know, with that song. That song is huge, like in, in Southeast Asia. I mean, we'll play that song and people will go bananas, you know. And what, so, it's what's funny. the contrast between Freeze and him, like as far as working with him in the studio? David Foster and the Freeze? Mm-hmm. It, oh, man. <laughs> There's a lot. Um, you know, David Foster. I mean, audibly, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, there's a lot. Um, you know, Dr. Freeze at that time, you know, worked with a lot of samples. And, and he could program the beats amazingly. Then he would get somebody like a Howie T that would help him with some of the production. Uh, Freeze was a great songwriter, too. Uh, amazing songwriter. And, um, you know, then you got David Foster, who's written, like, for Celine Dion and, you know, Earthwind and Fire and, you know, St. Elmo's Fire theme and <laughs> uh, Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You. <laughs> it's, wow. It's a, it's a pretty big difference. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but the depth of the album is a lot... The depth of the album is a lot different, too. Um, like, if oh, you're coming... Yeah, yeah. If you're, uh, if you're going through a C and B binge, right? Like, and you go from one to the other, um, it's like moving from, um, house party to a David Lynch movie. Like, um, it's so different. And that's kind of what I liked so much about it, especially going through them all again this week is, and once again, I come back to you. Like we talked at the top of this, just the range, man. Like I know they get a lot to do with that. Um, because I, you can just always hear your voice. <laughs> I'm sure you realize that. But like anybody who knows Color Me Bad, like. Well, you know, we, we all had our parts. And we all we all sang our parts and, and everybody knew what they had to sing and everybody knew, you know, um, um, uh, what harmony they had. So, um, mm. you know, and, and we've all, we could take any song and start singing and everybody would find their part just like that. Mm. Um, it's just, you know, it's like everybody knew their job. And um, we can do it, man. It's just one of them things that, 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 that you know, by us being together for such a long time and singing so much, we all knew, you know, uh, the parts to sing. Um, but uh, Time and Chance was a great album. Mm. Um, we got with uh, uh, DJ Fu, who did a lot of the Ice Cube tracks. Um, Time and Chance was an Ice Cube track, and we and we and we, and we took it from Ice Cube because uh, uh, we loved the track. He said that he would give us the track only if he could shoot the video. So we let him let him shoot the video. So he shot that video, huh? Um, I said I didn't realize he shot that video. Um, yeah, yeah, Ice Cube shot that video. Huh? You know, moving just one album on down there. Um, 
Tonight, tonight, I feel like is the most genuine doo-wop song y'all ever recorded. And it's like oh, kind of yeah. the last, I think it's the last song on that album. Yeah, um, that's, uh, man, I have not heard that in a long time. I, I got to be honest. I mean, it, it might be like, I think the last time I heard that could be, could be like 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, now, and, now and Forever, I would actually say that Now and Forever is massively underrated because, you know, I hear it and to me, like the doo-wop takes over the hip-hop in that album. And, you, you know... know he, you know, I'm gonna just tell you real quick um, my 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 analogy of everything, my my whole outlook on the whole thing. You know, our true sound was on our very first album. That was our true color me bad sound, and that's why it did so well because it was real. It was who we are. Uh, the second album, Time and Chance, we we did a lot of it was us. A lot of it was the group. But uh, we kind of got away from the hip-hop doo-wop thing a little bit, mm-hmm. um, especially with the singles. The best song to me on that album is, is Two on, on Time and Chance. That was a song that we wrote with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, and it's, and it's pretty freaking amazing. Um, What's the story of that uh, song, like writing it? Two? Um, we, we wanted to, write, we wanted to uh, do a song with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, and we, we went to Minneapolis and to Flight Time Production, uh, Flight Time Studios. And um, they asked us, um, we asked them if they had any tracks available that we could write to. And um, they said, well, you know, we got this one throwaway track that, uh, from Janet's uh, last album that no one ever, you know, we never did anything with. Um, you got, you know, try, try messing with that. You're like, yeah, yeah sure, play it. And um, that, that's what it was, it was the track um, uh, uh, to choose and we all went into our different corners and started coming up with different ideas and we wrote the song like right then and there and laid it down and uh, that was probably that was that should have been the first single of Time and Chance album and we would have done much better if we would have came out with that single uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis they told us you guys need to come out with choose first this is y'all's first single they told us that, and we 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 uh, we wanted to sound more I don't know more hip hop mature I guess hip hop but no 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 we wanted to sound more gangsta you know that was when Snoop Dogg Dre was out and yeah we wanted to sound yeah. more gangsta <laughs> so but we, That's, but we um, made a mistake because 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 we made a mistake because we should have we should have kept you know who we were we should have kept uh, um the vibe who, who really made us and and that choose was us we wrote that song with jimmy jam and terry lewis and it was an amazing song and we goofed we goofed on it man we missed why well, you know and so, like uh, I'm, I'm picking up a trend here brother like it's not a true great color me bad song if y'all wrote it in less time than it takes to watch an episode of save by the bill like it seems like everything <laughs> is your um yeah yeah you're no, right that's totally 93 good. that's right that's right on the heels of Doggy Style and The Chronic. Um, that is also, I guess, um, I think an underrated album from that time period because I think that it shaped music. It just took 10 years for it to happen. It's dangerous because I think that if you listen to NSYNC's Celebrity album, it's the sequel to Dangerous. And so you're coming off all that and you've got all that hardcore hip-hop in there. So, I mean, 
that is a really interesting time in music because you got Seattle blowing up. Um, the fact that you were selling records during the most like eclectic um, Wild West, let's invent whatever we can time. Um, it was, and still, it was crazy. That time was crazy. Yeah. You know, because you're right. We had you had the sound of Seattle. You know, the, the grunge. I guess they called it the grunge sound. They had um. They had a, uh, um, you know, the gang, the you know, the uh, Compton South Central uh, yep. sound. Uh, then, then you had, uh, then you had uh, us, which was, you know, the doo wop hip hop sound, you know, and and uh, um, it was like, you know, all three of these different genres, types of music, all coming colliding together, like, you know, you knew, you knew what, you knew the, you knew what someone listened to, you knew the type of music someone listened to just by the way they dressed. You know what I mean? You know, okay. I know. I know what music you listen to. You listen to grunge. You know, you're in those flannels. You're wearing a flannel shirt with, you know, that that's oversized. Right. I mean, you, you know what I mean? Some, you know, you knew what everybody. You knew everybody. You know, nobody. It's like yeah, you, you buy Pearl Jam tent at the store and they hand you a flannel with it. <laughs> right. Hold on. Hold on. Let me let me pay this toll real quick. I'm driving. Right. Hi. How you doing? All right. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm paying a toll right now. Um, um thank you all right sorry so at any that, at any uh, point during ahead. this during during the uh you're fine man uh i'm probably taking up like your entire day uh so during any of this time like at some point do you guys ever go back to oklahoma do you ever come back anywhere and kind of like start working in the community some like start kind of like giving it back like helping other people out <laughs> Well, well, you know, I haven't, I haven't shared the uh, this other side of the group story with you yet. <laughs> I only talked to one of the members um, now, even to this day. There's only one member that I talked to, you know. Um, so I don't really talk to the other guys anymore. Um, yeah, you know, we talk about that in a situation. Yeah, no, I mean, we, I mean, I'm, and 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 we don't, but. Um, yeah, let's just talk about something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. Let's talk okay, about um, else. Then answer me this. All right, I'll edit that out for you also. Okay, so um, answer me this. Doo-wop hip-hop. All right, what is it, what's your favorite doo-wop artist? What are some of your favorite doo-wop songs? Like, what stuff that we should be listening to? And what's some of your favorite hip-hop, man? Like, blend that in for me. Uh, doo-wop sounds? Oh, man. Oh, gosh. You know... I don't know, you know, some old Temptations, you know, I love some of that, you know, I love, I love Temptations, I like, uh, I like, uh, you know, going back to, um, you like know, Beyond? Sound. Uh, you know, like, I mean, like, uh, you know, the, the those old songs like, uh, you know, Earth Angel, you know, the mm-hmm. Imperials, you know, um, those guys, you know, um, those, those, the real true doo-wop sound that really caught our attention. And also you had, like, you know, those guys who sang, uh, you know, who wrote the Book of Love, these kind of songs. Uh, we, would, we would learn all of them. We would learn all those songs, and that's how we practiced. Um, but, like, like hip-hop, I mean, God, I mean, there's so much great hip-hop. You know, I'm going to say this. The true hip-hop sound is, 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 is the sound from the 90s for me. You know, now... I'm good friends with, with Master G from uh, Sugar Hill Gang, you know, and, and man, I mean, come on, man, that guy, those guys, they, they help start all that stuff, you know, but uh, oh, I'm yeah. a big fan of Run, Run, Run DMC, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, the Beastie Boys, 
Um, Man, you know, the Beastie Boys, like, they are, they must know each other really well. They are always finishing each other's sentences. It's crazy. Like, um, I, um, I, you know, one of my favorite, my favorite hip hop song of all time is from that era. Um, and it's from, uh, so Mitchiff, uh, 93 till infinity. And I know a lot of people don't even know that song. Um, but that is like my favorite hip hop rap track. 93 till infinity. Have you ever heard that? 93 till infinity. How does that, how, how does that, I, I know um, I have, but how does it go? It's got the smoothest beat ever. Like, um, I would never suggest hearing that song without headphones in on a patio and a cool breeze because it's like got this, you know, it's just this like baseline. It's like, boom. I, you know, I don't even know how to like really do that without embarrassing myself in front of whoever listens to this. Uh, my beatbox game's a little bit a lot of you. Absolutely. Um, it's a soul mischief, man. Um, they had, um, like if, they, I don't even know if they had a run, to be honest with you. I have trouble finding, like, yeah. much of any of their stuff. Um, but, yeah, Souls of Mischief, um, 93 Till Infinity, uh, the name of the album and the title track of it is my favorite rap song ever, man. Um, and once again, 93, came out the same year um, that we were just talking about. I don't know why I don't know that. Yeah. I, uh, ah, um, dude, Spotify uh, that, man. You will yeah. root. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. You know, like 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 Tribe Called Quest was was one of my favorite rap groups. Um, you know, um, my gosh. Is he like Arrested yeah. Development? Arrested Development? Yeah, they were they were cool, man. They were um, they were in our era, so yeah, yeah. they were really great, uh, really really nice vibe. Um, so you know, different different well, stuff, man. You know, I mean. Mm-hmm. What are you listening to now, man? Like, what's a, what's on your app, um, on your phone? Like, what's on your Spotify list? Like, oh man, I listen to uh, when I'm driving, man. I, I listen to like Marvin Gaye. You know, I listen to Marvin uh, a lot. I like Marvin Gaye. Um, I like listening to music that kind of can 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 get me going. I love Earth, Wind, and Fire. I'm I'm kind of like that era. Like, I like, you know. I don't know. I, I like the new stuff. There's that Doja Cat girl that say so. I love that track. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, that's a great track, right there. Um, I don't know, man. I just like listening to a lot of different stuff. You know, just I, uh, I don't know. I don't really listen to the radio a lot. I don't listen to radio a lot. Uh, I do like um, I do like uh, Bruno Mars. I like Taylor Swift. I like. Those are the people kind of today that I like. I do like their music. I appreciate what they're doing. And I think they're very catchy songs and big, big hits. But, like, if I'm in my car and I'm just driving, I'm going to listen to some 70s music, probably, Man. you know, some Marvin. Staple Singers. Or some, or some uh, yeah, I'll listen to some Staple Singers, yeah. Um, um, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, 70s. Heck yeah! I like love I, I love all of I, you know. You know I, I love like 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 like, like like the seventies, seventies and early eighties by far is the best music to me. I mean, come on, man! You know, freaking you know, I love the Bee Gees. I love Earth, Wind, and Fire. I like Marvin. I like um, you know, of course, you know Michael Jackson in the early eighties and in the, in the late seventies. Off the Wall, you know, really? the album is freaking one of the amazing, one of the most amazing albums off the wall um you know and then you know i like i like my rock and roll i like that i like uh the eagles 
Uh, love the Eagles. Um, what else? What else? Like I like Hendrix. You know, I like oh, man. I like all kinds of stuff. I love, I love you should Hendrix, take <laughs> one day. One day I'll send you um, all along the Watchtower without Hendrix's voice, and then I will send you Under the Bridge by the Chili Peppers sped up. You see exactly where the yeah. Chili Peppers got their sound from. 100% Hendrix, man. Oh, I believe like, it. I believe it. They're, yeah, they're, um, they're freaking amazing. Yeah, Chili Peppers. The, unbelievable. The people you just listed, like some of your favorite groups, it, it just re- reminded me, actually, my two favorites groups for harmonies are both from Oklahoma. Um, Y'all and Hanson. If you haven't seen Hanson in concert in the last 15 or 20 years, it's like going and watching the best cover band you have ever seen in your life. Like, they crush. I'm telling you, like, go Google, like, Hanson Too Much Heaven. Like, you'll start crying halfway through it. What? Okay. I'm I'm dead serious, man. Um, that they do Cecilia that. by I, Simon and Garfunkel. That it, I did, it's better than Simon and Garfunkel's man. Really? Like they, uh, their harmony they never miss ever. Like it's so crazy. Um, but it's only a three part. It's not as complex. Um, but you know they do it well in both of y'all. Like from a very short distance apart, um, different time periods, but like the same gift. Man, mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you agreed to this interview. Um, I. I wish that I'd had the capability, um, but I did not to put some of these tracks in that I was talking about that I disassembled of yours. Um, All you have to do is ask Kevin, by the way, I reached out to him and begged him for your interview. I was like, just give me two minutes and I'll convince you about 58 minutes later. I was still on the phone with him. And like, I told him, I was like, I am never going to stop until you get me this interview. Like, I'm just not going to. I you just need to know that. And, yeah. I mean, he, he was like, well, here's my cell phone number. I bet anything in the, like, 12 days I've known him, I've sent him, like, 100 texts. And, like, some of them have been y'all's songs, like, completely deconstructed, which I know you heard in the studio. So, I mean, this is, there's nothing new under the sun for you on this. But, you know, that's something that I really shared with some people, and I hope I can find a way in post to put that on. I mean, like... I I would love to find a tape of y'all doing an acapella version, you know, from the prime of All for Love. It's just, it's, God, man. Yeah. But yeah. I, <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm telling you, thank you so, 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 so much for coming on.